Is your phone full of rusty neon sign pics? Do LEDs make your eyes bleed? Then pop in your headphones. And enter a place where the code enforcers can't hear you scream. It all looks easy, but as they say in the trade, it's something any child could do with 20 years practice. Just watch. Just, just, just watch. The bright lights are taking their scientific shape. We're DJ and Allison, and you're listening to Neon Nonsense. This episode is brought to you by FMS Sign Products. Check out their website, brillite.com, for all your glass tubing, GTO, electrodes, boots, almost anything you can think of you need for neon, you can find it at FMS. Hey, Allison, will you be my Valentine? You mean it? I mean it. Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'll be your Valentine. Do you have any other... I won't be jealous. Do you have any okay. other... <laughs> do you have any other neon crushes right now? Mm, I do secretly have a neon crush across mm. the pond. In the UK. <gasps> Is it Bill and Amy from neon valentine yes i'm crushing on them so hard right now yep me too me too, <laughs> yes. me too. and i'm gonna be honest this is the main reason that i wanted to start this podcast was to ask random strangers questions veiled in uh, uh professionalism so here we are <laughs> <laughs> what's the word again I'm really hard. It's really hard for me to do. We're a, goddamn professionals here. Professionalism. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> well, in my case, I'm constantly lifting the veil on professionalism and being a pretty ridiculous person, generally speaking. So, with that in mind, we want to introduce Neon Valentine, Amy Zachariah, and Bill Harwood are the wonderful duo behind that online persona we had the pleasure of interviewing them and talking about what it takes to set up a neon shop in the uk Uh, i believe they're based in wales and it just sounds like there's a lot of things we didn't think about when setting up a shop there um and actually a lot of similarities so we we hope that you enjoy this interview and get to see why we have such a huge crush on neon valentine Love, exciting and new, come aboard, we're expecting you. We have all kinds of like questions for you and we're curious about any questions you have for us. We often just kind of like shoot the shit and talk about Neon. <laughs> if if you've had the honor of listening to any of our other episodes. We've listened to them all. Oh, thank Aww. you. That's so sweet of you. We've got our cat here. He's not very noisy, but he, you know, wants to take part as well. What's your cat's name? Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. 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 Bowie.
I, for one, would like to start with asking y'all how you got started in the neon game. What, what kind of sparked the interest and if you have mentors or if you're kind of, kind of flying, flying solo, tell us more. It was a kind of like, I think most people that get into neon, I don't think it's like, a, it's never a straightforward path. We kind of like, we were musicians to start with and we were exposed to a lot of neon. Um, we posed weirdly, one of our album covers is behind a big neon sign. And then we did a bit of screen printing and yeah. And yeah. Then, I don't even know how we fell into it. We kind of just, one day I was like, let's just do neon. And you were like, <laughs> okay, how are we going to do neon? Yeah. So we, we booked ourselves on a course in one of those weekend courses. Um, so that was in Brighton with Andy Doig. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, no, he was really good, but it was kind of like a weekend intensive course, you know, just to kind of like get a product at the end of it and kind of like a little taster to see what it was like. And then we just, we were like so obsessed then. The minute you start, the minute you actually put your hands near the fire, you're like, I want to do this forever. I want to do this every day. I relate to that strongly. Actually, I, my story is the same. The very first tube I put in the fire, I was like, oh, there's my future. I see it so clearly. <laughs> yeah, I relate to that so hard. Yeah. But it was quite a journey because it's there's not such a big neon community in the UK. And it's quite mysterious as well. Like there's a lot of closed doors. So for us to kind of try and find any information, all the information that we kind of got hold of was all um, like American books. Even in the car on the way back from the trip, we were like, how are we gonna get this equipment? Like, where do we go? Where do we find people to buy it from? Like, is there anywhere that sells glass? That was a bit, I don't know, it's like a big jump. There's so much to learn to start with. Yeah, definitely yeah. very overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we found someone in Swansea and we was a retired neon bender and he'd had a stroke. Um, so he didn't bend anymore, but we just kept on harassing him. And I mean like, Oh, will you help us set up our fires? Will you help us? And he gave us this list of equipment we needed. And then he said, come back to me when you found the equipment, thinking that we'd never, ever get back in touch with him. And then we ended up buying all this equipment, <laughs> no idea how to set it up. And we kind of had to like get a space because it's really hard to get a space to kind of anywhere that will let you have an open flame. No, no chance. No chance. So no. we went to all these different studios and they were like, no, you can't we can't let you have that and they're also scared the minute you say you're gonna have open flames they're absolutely petrified they're like you're gonna burn the place down you can't have it <laughs> yep. So they, yep um yeah and so we had to renovate a derelict building to allow us to do it and it was kind of like yeah it's more like a resurrection than a <laughs> renovation <laughs> it was horrendous stick a new roof on it and yeah it had no roof new doors windows no electricity <laughs> um it did have a floor though yeah um, so wow, we kind of, so that's we amazing! Built, I know we built a studio. We kept on calling it a garage, but our like our neon mentor was like, "No, it's a workshop." But yeah, the electrics. <laughs> um, it was just we had to take like the walls were crumbling. But you just have to do. You just got to give it a try, and then finally we managed to get all this equipment into the uh, into our workshop, and then we had no idea how to set it up, like even an air compressor we were like we don't have all the parts <laughs> so 
our mentor kind of like he kind of just made sure we weren't gonna blow the building up to start with that was quite funny and quite dangerous really <laughs> that's really impressive i'm very impressed uh that not only you found the equipment um but you put a roof on your space to, to yeah. put the equipment together that's so cool uh yeah i mean it's like starting a new career as a painter but the paint doesn't exist and <laughs> like your paint brushes <laughs> are like a hundred years old and um kudos that's awesome yeah you guys, you guys are badass yeah it was we were really lucky though because when we got in we've only got one um supplier of glass and equipment in the uk which is sign tech and all of them they were so helpful because i just kept on ringing them every day <laughs> like you know how, how much glass do we need like <laughs> what what burners do we need but the difficult thing is all of the books because they're written for UK bending is very different. The equipment we use, we tend not to use a ribbon at all. So we were like trying to like, how do we get like a crossfire? And they were like, no, you don't use a crossfire. We don't sell those. And I was like, okay, so what do we use? Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. I don't know. Did you have that? Did you find that they were like super secretive? Like, I feel like the people I encountered, if they were willing to assist me, oh, they yeah. definitely wanted the name. They wanted you like... They wanted everyone to know that they helped me. Really? But, yeah, but it was definitely from an ego perspective, not a like um, hoarding of knowledge. So there's like two or three people who, mm -hmm. uh, when I was first getting started, who were like that. They were like, okay, I, you've, you wore me down. I'll help you. <laughs> like, give me, you know, give me some credit. But yeah, I haven't had anyone who's helped me want to remain anonymous. That's new to me. Have you had a similar experience, DJ? Uh, no, I think maybe when it comes to certain types of equipment, like certain pieces of equipment, maybe the person just doesn't want to deal with liability. Yeah. Or yeah, like, that's uh, fair. I know that sometimes like, for instance, Morgan, I don't think he'll care. He's been on the podcast. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this uh, point, I'm pretty sure he knows that we he wrote a book. He is not yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to just he just doesn't want to deal with the people because I'm sure that maybe you you both have already started maybe having people come by and started asking yeah. you for mm -hmm. for to start and so there are the people like us that yeah. follow through and that are obsessed and that yeah. are the generation of benders and then there are the people who are the hobbyists. And as, as an admin on the Facebook Plasma Beginners page, I see those people every day. There's like four or five people every day that are like, I want to get into this as a hobby. Yeah. Oh. And I'm not, I'm not going to not let those people in. I let them in. Yeah. That's fine. But it's still like, it's, those people are frustrating they, and, mm -hmm. and they can waste your time. No, Especially I get that. If you're a small business owner and you're trying to keep the doors open and the lights on. So I think that, that's mainly why I'm, I've become the filter for Morgan and in, in, in any <laughs> where somebody's like oh I want it I need this piece of equipment or I need this thing and I'm like okay well I'll find out if someone I know has it and see and so I just don't I don't put his name out to everybody because no. he is he doesn't have the t he doesn't want to deal with it and I understand yeah, he devoted his life to it and he in retirement is still trying to keep the legacy alive 
So yeah, I feel like it's a really good way to frame supporting those who want to keep helping, but definitely want like some privacy. So I, I understand that. Yeah. And then just in general, I think the older generation is just uncomfortable with being on the internet as much as we all are all yeah, the time. That's so fair. That's yeah, fair. That as well. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons we started the guild, right? It's like to yeah. be bridge, bridge between people who are like always on social media and, but that doesn't necessarily have, um, quality information on it all the time mm -hmm. and then the quality knowledge that stays in the shadows because no one's posting it or no one's you know written a new book on neon in a while um yeah. so yeah it's a well, there's casey's casey's got that good uh neon primer book now yeah we can i think that's on. the newest one i know of do you shout out yeah. yeah i guess so i guess that is yeah um yeah. there's a neon the neon light history but that's not really a um that Robert helped out with Didia. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's just yeah. You know, it's a history. It's less of a instructional book. Technical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a kind of like slightly shifting gears question. So I wanted to ask: Are you two romantic partners as well, no. or are you just friends and do neon together? Yeah, we but we do have an interesting story of how we met. We've actually okay. known each other since we were how old? Twelve, which oh. is a long time. Um, yeah. We ended up, we were best friends in school and we ended up by accident being in a band together and then we ended that up playing- That was after school. After school, after school. <laughs> after school finished. And then um, we ended up playing festivals and writing and for about music together as well. And then we ended up building a recording studio for music. And then we went on this neon journey and I think it's kind of brought us closer together because we share something that no one else shares. And it's really, it's so good having, being a pair because you've always got someone to rely on then. Yeah, so kind of keep you going. If, if you're struggling, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. I imagine most vendors probably work alone. So it's, it's, it's a lonely life. Quite, it quite really unique. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love it because uh, I I have a friend who's not a neon maker, but is a welder and a woodworker. And he pretty much like got me through my first two years because I was com I was completely alone in my studio every day. Like, and I would just be like, Gary, can you come sit on the couch while I like bend and just hang out with me, please? <laughs> so yeah, I, um, and then my other question was, uh, the reason I asked it was like a little bit to uh, elbow my partner a little bit because my partner is all supporting of the business and stuff, but he's like, meh. I don't really need to bend. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's fine if you aren't obsessed with my interests as well, but cool. But yeah, having a buddy is really great. Like, it's really cool. Um, it's especially through those slumps, like the heart, the first two years are just like such a grind while you're learning. So I'm so glad you have each other. And um, so just wondering what the inspiration is behind your name for your Instagram account. But we ended up coming up with quite a big list of things we wanted to call each other oh, yeah. on, you know, name. That probably went on for weeks or months trying to decide on what we're <laughs> going to call ridiculous. ourselves as we're trying to build the studio. Same, same for both of us. Yeah. It's like naming a band, that kind of thing. Oh, totally. Everyone's got a suggestion, but um, they come up with these lists. I've got a name for you. And you're like, oh no, here we go. But um, we kind of started getting serious about it about valentine's day which is like a really weird one and then we thought it's a good tagline the, for the love of neon because we love neon you know it's like neon valentine for the love of neon kind of thing and we just love it so much 
Aw, that's so sweet. I love it. Yeah, Neon Valentine's a good one. Yeah, it's really good. It's really hard to pick that name and like, how do you achieve a brand vibe with it on top of it being like not too cliche and also personality wise. So yeah, it's a whole situation. Mm-hmm. We went so cliched, you know, everyone always says it's the most commercial holiday, Valentine's Day. We were like, that's the one, that's the one. I love it. I love yeah, it. You have so many imagery, oh, so much fun imagery you could use with that. I don't know, my marketing brain would like, that's great. Yeah. Like, no, oh totally. yeah, totally. Yeah. I'd be putting cherubs in my... No, <laughs> I love that. That's exactly... We had a brainwave. That's exactly where I went to. I was like, if you two don't <laughs> make a neon cherub, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Like, you just have to. <laughs> I mean, I won't tell you what to do, but that'd be awesome. So with um, Neon Valentine, are y'all intending to focus on anything particular like um, custom work or restorations or um, artwork or what's, is everything, what's the? We kind of like everything because the thing about being in the UK, we are the only neon vendors in Wales. So there are no other neon vendors, not for about three or four hours away from us, which is quite oh. a long distance. So for UK, that's quite a long distance. That's a long way. Yeah. The closest is about, yes, but three hours away. So you kind of have to do a little bit of everything. You know, mm. you don't necessarily want to do, you don't want to do beer signs or restoration necessarily, but we've got so many fabulous works in Swansea. We're so lucky because our mentor was here. Um, There's so many that need repairing as well. So it would just be such a shame, even though we're more concentrated on the arts because we were musicians. That's why we kind of did Neon to kind of tell our story and express ourselves. Yeah, we definitely got to keep an open mind and probably try our hand at all different disciplines really. Mm. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. I, through no, will of my own I now have like six or seven beer signs in my studio that are they just appear (laughs) it is a good thing to be able to reproduce a mercury unit or something because I mean as a as someone who's still learning myself it's something like it's like that work is tight it's always really tight work at eight millimeter or something and so that is a skill good as a skill that is helpful um, and I, I, my, um, restoration brain does want to restore them if they're cool enough and they're old enough, you know, mm-hmm. not really interested in restoring any of the new, newer stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like but, we um, had a Seahawks repair that we just did. And, uh, one of my other vendors was focusing on it and it, it was nine mil and it was just like maybe three millimeters between every single bend. At, and it was just like. Cool. and arced on the pump of course and so it's just like a tragedy over and over again one of our mentors always says why is this even in neon this shouldn't be neon <laughs> and I feel like that's a really good thing to say just like having a good handle on what like be intentional with what's in lights like not everything has to be in lights but learning to be able to repair things is great I can't believe you've got nine millimeter glass I thought yeah. we, don't, we don't have no none What's this? What are your like standard sizes? Uh, 15, which is what we generally practice in, or 12. Wow. Um, 10 and 8 and series 6. So 6. Yeah. Um, don't we well, 9, anything? I don't, I don't have it. I don't have any 9. Do you have so, 9? 
I do. So nine is not standard, except FMS, who is in the Midwest here. They carry most of their colors in nine. They're the only supplier I can find that carries nine millimeter. Um, and I, I, I too thought it was by the wayside because the only glass in that size I had for a long time was I was gifted like five boxes of old stock LSN glass from someone who was like, yeah, this is bad anyway. It's probably not going to survive, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I was just chatting with Mike over at FMS and he was like, oh yeah, we, we carry nine. I was like, wow, you just saved my life because I need like a bunch for this goddamn Seahawks sign. I bet nine is really good as well in script. Yeah. I bet it's like a really happy medium. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. annoying because there's, I don't have any like inserts to work with it. So I don't, I'm sure you probably experienced this, but it's like everything I have to use for it goes over the tube. So there's just oh. like a couple millimeters oh. of it not being flat and it's infuriating. So if you can't like get your first double back so that it's up off the table, then it's like a little bit wonky and it can be tricky to flatten it again. But otherwise it's, you know, it's cool. It's noodly, small as tiny sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have the, the corks that go in, but they go on the outsides. That was like when we first started, we bought yeah. those by accident. We don't know what we were looking oh, for. Oh, my, my. <laughs> Am I correct in um, saying that the UK usually phosphor coats their yeah. afterwards, after bending? No. It's pre-coated. Okay, maybe that's, maybe that's another country. That... That's Germany. I think Germany also. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They used okay. to in the 1960s. Um, they used to afterwards, and then they kind of the when the suppliers kind of decreased, they stopped mm -hmm. doing it. Yeah, for some reason we have heard stories about it. Two of um, my favorite things, to, uh, two of my favorite videos to show my students when I give them, I do a little date night class, and I give a little PowerPoint presentation with the history. And at the end of the PowerPoint, I give I show them two Pathé British Pathé videos of neon bending. It's uh, one from the 60s and one from the 50s. And I think the one from the 50s, he, there's a guy who's like got a little little like thing of like cotton and he puts it in the in, the, in like a clear E and then he shoots air through it and the cotton like goes through it, cleans it. And then he like taps some powder and he's just tapping it. And it's like, all it's just, it's magic. It's magic. It just seemed like such a cool application for, for something that I will never be able to do. <laughs> They did have, the reason they kind of stopped doing it is because they kept on getting bits of cork in the tube or little bits of debris. And then when they were pumping it, massive problems, as you can imagine. So it's kind the of worst. Yeah, that is the worst. I had one like, and actually related to the same thing. I've been trying to solve the, so the corks can go inside the tubes, but I, it's the like blow hose adapter that I can't get inside the small tube. So I've tried to, I'm on version six of a usable option, but I found one that can go over it. But if I put it in a non-fire polished section, it like cuts off a piece of the silicone oh, no. and then I don't notice it. And then I pump it and then I'm like, cool. Yeah. Do you always use a blow hose like for all your bends? Not always. Um, anytime I'm in the crossfires, but often when I'm not, when I'm doing a curve or something so soft in the ribbon, yeah it depends on the glass yeah also um, that also um if it gets really hot really fast I feel like I get a better curve if I blow in a little bit but also yeah. sometimes I just blow on the end of the tube if it's if it's available to me to do that and it's not going to be like a weird um you know tumbling session yeah, yeah. you know um, or a little burns 
yeah, I don't love it, but I also have mine, my blow hoses are on a ring around my neck. It's not yeah. hanging in my mouth all the time. So it's just kind of like I have my blow hose and it like sticks up in front of my face and I just grab it when I need it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like it in my mouth all the time because it hurts my teeth. Same. Yeah. So big thing that we saw when we were watching videos to start with it was that in the UK, they don't use a blow hose at all, like very, very rarely. So we were watching all these videos and we're like, I can't understand. <laughs> we were like, do we use a blow hose? Do we not use a blow hose? So we kind of learned a bit with both. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't. I wouldn't use it if I for the first like bend or two, but if the if you're using a whole stick or most of half a stick, then it goes in because your yeah. arms just you can't get round it. You're like, kind of like an elephant, kind of like with a trunk. <laughs> That's an excellent way to phrase it. Yeah, and uh, Roxy would be very proud of your questioning of that. Roxy Rose is a huge proponent of no blow hose. That's how you're supposed, she would say that's how you're supposed to do it, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's like, fab, isn't she? Yeah. Right, like oh, we love her so much. Mm -hmm. I love her so much. We love you, Roxy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it really is whatever you're comfortable with. You know, I think there's really no wrong answer there. Um, if it makes a good bend, it makes a good bend. Yeah. But in the UK, they're just so adamant. Like you get a yeah. Out and they're like, put it away. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I don't want to see that. Used to get. I feel, that's like such a neon thing. I feel like, especially with the people I work with now, they've each had different mentors, and every neon person has something they vehemently say you cannot do this, or like you have to do this. And the your job as the bender is to take all of that advice and decide what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Like I have a person who learned from someone, and she was like, yeah. He says, never use your block. And then the other person that she works with is like always using his block. He'll like do a shit bend and constantly like move things around with us. But like, it's just this, this thing that's this weird trickle down. You just get to decide what's good and what's not when you pass on the knowledge. So I feel like that's where the authority comes in as new benders. We get to decide what's good for us and what's good for your pieces that you send out the door. Yeah, because we have the luxury, well, specifically us, not everybody, but we have the luxury of not necessarily not working in a in a shop that, you know, had 50 vendors all doing the same thing, making 50,000 of the same sign. And if it looked any different than the other sign that someone else made, you got fired thing, which is, I think, why you have all these people kind of criticizing these kind of things that don't necessarily matter if the end product is you know, there's a certain way to bend an A here. I, I don't know if it's the same, you know, when I was taught the the little like crotch of the A comes over on the right side of your pattern, um, not the left side. Yeah, I think that's um, Yeah, okay, so you do, your, you do your right angle to the left towards the center of the A and then you're double back to the right away from the A and then your drop turn towards the point, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. actually something slightly different? We net. I know all our bends, obviously we always must start in the middle, but it generally starts with a double back yeah. to start with, to mm -hmm. half the glass to make it half as hard, which is- No, yeah. yeah, I've started doing that a, a lot more with like, yeah, when you're using a full tube or you're not, you try not to splice in. Um, mm -hmm. And I really love that technique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got a script, not a script, but we've got a block book um yeah that's what we've been working through like an alphabet in block but the way that we do it is slightly different because we've only got um that's 
that's it that's, that's it yeah, that's yeah. the one love it <laughs> shout out dean blazek we bend in a different way because we have to use the lamp or bench burner we can't always like it's quite awkward because you have to sometimes put your arm over the fire so you're kind of bending into the fire a lot of the time so we do end up having to kind of like change the yeah, order of them different orders that's it what's the difference between a ribbon and a bench burner that you've only got um, a bench burner is just one single flame. Oh, so yeah. we learnt everything goes on the cannon or bench burner. So just one single flame mm. pointing upwards. It's very similar to um, I think they use it in Japan as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh how God. do you do soft curves? Like how do you yeah. achieve well, how do the circle? circle? There's a crazy way of doing it. Yeah. They showed us. And it takes forever. <laughs> it takes so long. Our circles take so much longer. You have to make, so you're having maybe, I would say about, about 18 inches of flame in the air. Okay, okay. so that's one up, okay. 18 inches. And you think of the tube, you think of there being a tube in the middle of the flame because it's hollow inside the middle. So you have to bend on the outside of the flame. What? It takes a long time. But we actually ended up contacting um, the neon trenches because we were yeah. like, this is so hard. Because we bought a we bought a ribbon, which we were told you can't buy a ribbon, you won't need it. <laughs> so we bought a meter long ribbon. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest one we could find. <laughs> we love it. We yeah. circles we do in three bends. Well, I say three, five, including the double backs, right. which make it so much quicker. That doesn't make any sense either because my metalsmith brain doesn't understand. So like your torch fire, your torches are basically the same as like a a, a soldering torch or whatever. Yeah. And the the the, cl the closer you get to the to the to the actual bottom of the flame, the hotter it gets. So you're heating up your tube in very uneven in a very uneven way, which we move it the way that we move the actual way we hold glass is slightly different as well we okay. it needs to be turned continuously like i mean all bends are continuous so it's almost very similar to the way that you'd kind of move it if you were using a ribbon you know mm. when you kind of like moving the glass round and round and round but you bend so much higher and you actually put your arm in the flame so you put your wrist in the flame and you kind of the motion is like, quite odd yeah you're holding your hand and the glass parallel to the flame. Parallel to the flame, and then you move it from back to it's forth, not to back to forth. Don't get me wrong, um, it does, their circles, the UK vendor circles are really quite amazing, and they do, yeah. they can do some, they're just very inventive, and I think that comes from the fact that we don't have many neon vendors, so the ones we do have, they kind of have to be very inventive with the equipment they've got. True. Yeah. We did have a school here as well in the 1980s called Mason Light, and they oh, taught yeah. kind of every, they just taught everybody. That's where our bombarders from, actually. It's from the 1980s. Cool. Well, that's good. They've all learned the same way. Yeah. And it obviously it, it shot in the early 90s. And I guess there hasn't really been many new vendors since then. No, not many. Probably about less than, less than 10 started since the 1990s, which is really small. Yeah. I didn't realize thinking about it, that's quite sad actually there's only been like maybe about 10. America doesn't have this list because we don't obviously give a shit enough but um <laughs> uh, if the UK has uh an endangered craft list that they yeah. update every couple years or year or whatever. Cool. Neon was on it um like right when I started which was around 
2017. And I think that's where I really realized, oh shit, like that's not good. <laughs> it's good that we've got this kind of like online community and with the guild mm-hmm. to actually be able to contact people because when we were using our ribbon, because no one really that we were in contact with was using a ribbon, we had to go, you know, we were like, well, who can we ask? And we were like, actually, the neon trenches, they were like, they made videos about it. And we were like, we can watch them yeah. use a ribbon. <laughs> that is just invaluable just to see someone using it how to do it really yeah it just boggles my mind that that is the hill the uk benders want to die on like you know what i mean like of all the things you're like i want this to be trickier okay (laughs) this is what i want and i'm like okay do you i guess i'm gonna go over here and make this really challenging medium a little bit easier for my body and for the the strength of my pieces (laughs) like it just fascinates me i'll be the lazy american over here yeah i guess like (laughs) maybe they do use some of them must use it we don't but because the shops are so closed um that's true might use one some of them but they won't post about it online or admit that they use it yeah the new school that we were with with andy uh doig he had a hide burner and that was pretty amazing but we decided, well, why not just buy the biggest one we could? So a meter, we were like, yeah, that seems like a reasonable size. Is it, it the one down. that sit on the table or is it a freestanding? Yeah. So that's, is that the one that um, Tommy uses in Sweden? The like, yeah. Bench- mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have a miniature one as well. We have a really small one by Arnold and that's about six inches. Oh, I'm so jealous. No, they're so cute, um, but we don't use it as much because again, we'd go back to the, they're just, some people are just so good at using that bench and cannon. They find it so easy. They'll do everything in there. They like, they join pieces on and we find that really hard joining on the, the cannon. I'd much rather join with a hand torch. But again, you use a, do you use a single hand, to- like a single flamed hand torch? Or do you no, have, like- we, we both have the hand torch that face each other. It's like a, like a U and then they it's point. It's a small in. crossfire. Exactly. Yeah. I'd love to try one of those. They look quite fun as well. It, yeah. They seem to like, get the job done quite nice and quick rather than having to heat in a perfect kind of round over and over again. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm team uh, weld in the crossfire and people get annoyed mm-hmm. with me because I liked, that's actually how I teach Mm-hmm. joining or welding or splicing however whatever you want to call it because like in sometimes you just can't get a hand torch in there and you just have to learn how to hold it steady in the crossfire um so uh, it's honestly i'm an advocate for learning all those tools like if you some people weld in the ribbon burner like if you can yeah. do that like kudos go for it like the more you know the better is what i say I actually don't have my hand torch um, set up at all permanently. I actually only turn it on and set it up when I have to do really long straight pieces and uh, weld them together because I have a really small studio. So holding two big pieces of of glass um, is a little challenging, but um, yeah, I I splice almost everything in the crossfire. Same. How How big is your studio? My studio is probably... Hmm. Uh, it's 400 square feet yeah 400 and and, then it's also dispersed I'm in the boiler room of a warehouse in the basement of a it's called the fruit it's amazing building it's an event space but it used to be 
a vegetable and fruit distribution refrigerator before everything got on the train. It would stay there and, and they would um, distribute it however, but um, the boiler is next to my studio. And then like my studio, there's still all these machines that used to run the boiler that are just like sitting there and they're never gonna move. And so I just like walk around them. <laughs> so less than that 400 square feet with when you count the like giant machines all in the way. So just a <laughs> lot of obstacles. Um, yeah. To, to things being like in the air and stuff. So when I like take some, when I tip off, I actually have to hold it up, things up in the air and then walk to my eating people. Of course you do. Of course you do. Oh my God. Because the space to walk in between those things is like, you know, I, I can barely get my fat ass through there. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, ours is about, ours is the size of a garage, but it's mm -hmm. like you can get a car in it. That's yeah. what you can do. Yeah. So yeah. we were like, is this enough space? But we kind of just made it work. We just got a lot of glass on the ceiling. Yeah, you can make neon shop anywhere. I know. Yeah, my first shop was about 700 square feet. And my new shop is much larger to accommodate classes easier. Um, but yeah, I we know of someone whose shop is in literally an old chicken coop. So you can make your shop happen wherever you need to make it happen. It really does. Um, it excites my like pirate brain like the kind of like workarounds that you constantly need to figure out to do this profession. Like, you know, cause it's a hundred years old, you know, we're not necessarily electricians. We're not um, maybe certified to be doing in today's standards, what we do. Uh, like you were saying earlier about open flame in a studio. There's so many studios, we work spaces or, or work, uh, craft places that have really good intentions of like helping makers and stuff but like not everybody's a painter and not mm -hmm. everybody and sometimes you need real ventilation but yeah the bureaucratic nature of the world as it is currently um isn't super conducted conducive to what we do all the time trying to find studio space etc well conductive <laughs> yeah, thank you pun pun <laughs> pretty loud when the burners are on so it's so loud in there that's <laughs> the only thing it does and it's surprising that like the air and the the actual burners just makes so so much noise the only thing we were quite scared when we turned the ribbon on for the first time because it kind of made like a whooshing sound like a jet. Yeah. yeah we're like wow <laughs> yeah yep okay i have a question so what you can decide which direction you want to take this this isn't the nonsense one yet we'll get to that what have you made so far that you're proud of and or what are you working on that you're comfortable sharing that because I feel like it early in this early on you kind of have like stretch goal projects and then you also have like this isn't that you know complicated but fellow new neon makers understand that this was tricky for me at this stage so tell me yeah so tell me like where you're at like what you're working on um share with us we just all we do is because we have a lesson every week the only thing we're allowed to do at the moment is the alphabet <laughs> and i mean so we've been doing the alphabet for a year that's awesome congratulations and i mean no other nothing else is allowed no we sometimes sneak in script but it, we're not allowed yeah. because <laughs> block is harder we must be with block and double outline block <laughs> and double outline that is it but it does make you reach, there's this euphoria as well when you can join. We're trying to be doing the whole of the alphabet and join it all up. 
Um, so we'd have to split it up into sections because that's going to be a long piece. It is a long piece. <laughs> yeah. But just even yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Do it in different diameters as well. Mm. Totally. Just trying to do it all in 12 at the moment and trying to then going back to 15, doing it all in 15 and joining it all up and then going back to 12 and joining it all up. But, That's um, smart. That's excellent skill building right there. That's terrific. Is that Sometimes, something, is that exercise something that your mentor did or is it something? Yeah. yeah cool. Interesting. So he wasn't allowed to do anything else apart from the alphabet when he first started. So that means that that's all we're doing for years. <laughs> that's what it feels like that makes that makes total sense i think i did not have that uh structure okay. <laughs> when I was learning. um and my add brain definitely took on projects that were way beyond my skill set that was a little bit of a waste of time i mean like you know it's learning it's all learning but it's like yeah i i in a way wish that that was kind of what i had started out doing is letters and clear um yeah that's really interesting we're not allowed to use anything that isn't clear even though we do, <laughs> do sneak it in yeah. as much as we can they're very determined with just clear just use clear it's fine so we we do have some like 1970s glass but all our glass is so like a kind of soda so yeah. i do use lead free as well are you like soda soda benders yeah, yeah so all of our stuff that's available now is lead-free. Lead-free, soda lime, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear other mentors' kind of rules on learning too. Like, I feel like, and this is just my own opinion and a lot of people, like we've just been discussing, we all have our own opinions on this, but I really feel like it's kind of a disservice to not mix in phosphor-coated because the clear is a bit forgiving. It can handle a little bit of a stretch. It can handle a little bit of a turn, like a little, like just, it, it is a little more forgiving. And I feel like the beauty of learning with phosphor powder coated is you see where you stretched, you see where you twisted it. You can see when it's like, you didn't get it flat, you know? And so it's been interesting because I've been hearing that a lot, actually. There's a few other people who are like, against that and i it's hard to tell if it's because that's actually the glass and more like it's just a secret way to be fancy about how expensive the phosphor is because you're just going to blow through it so it, it's just been fascinating to hear that because i i always teach with phosphor coated you receive so much feedback from that bend every time i find with the phosphor coat, even though we do use it um i find it easier to bend fascinating tell me more I find it's quicker. I find it heats quicker. You can see where you're heating it much quicker. That's might, true. No UK benders wear glasses either. So it's all just um, no glasses. Like so no we, safety glasses, no dididium yeah, glasses. no color glasses, no. So you can't see. So it's all, yeah, no. Their poor no eyes. Eye can they see into their 90s? I'm like, did you damage them forever? <laughs> So when we pulled them out for the first time, everyone was like, what are they doing? Why are they got, this is the good thing though about like um, the books that we're not just having just kind of UK books is that we were, we read that chapter on eye protection hmm. in the, was it the engineers? Yeah, the engineers notebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, the engineers yeah. notebook. And it kind of, we were like, hang on, we've only got one set of eyes. I really think we need to take care of them. 
Yeah. Kind of like insuring your hands as a pianist, like kind of need to insure your eyes because you have to be able to see. And actually the reason we wear safety glasses in, in addition to like didymium glasses is because the lead free is a little bit more prone to things like thermal shock. And it's like a tiny bit more brittle compared to the lead glass. So like when I visit a DJ in uh, North Carolina for the first time, she put a tube in the the 24 inch ribbon burner and it just shattered into it so like it's it, that had been the first time I'd ever seen it and I haven't had it happen since knock on wood but it's like that's the main reason to wear even just clear protective eyewear and then it's a benefit to be able to you know see the glass or whatever through the sodium flare so that's why I'm all about them glasses obviously I wear them as well we think it's like we because we anneal before we kind of like bring to temperature before we go into the flame then we bend and then we anneal again when we come out. So I would say maybe since we've started, we've maybe had one piece of glass shatter. Interesting. So, and I don't know whether, because even though it's soda, it's called Eurolite. I think it's got a very, very small amount of lead in it to stop That's it shattering. So it's called be. Eurolite? Eurolite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be like the brand's name. and I'm not quite sure, but we we tried one box of soda glass we didn't enjoy that that was it's like the 1970s glass they used to use yeah yeah and it doesn't cut it cuts terribly so yeah it'll it'll dull your um your file and then also it's it'll black it'll turn black with your if your gas is too high yeah it's awful but here when they when the u when the u.s outlawed leaded glass and it all changed over it was like it seemed like from what I understand it was very abrupt when that happened and shops just closed people like the older vendors who were used to the soda glass or the leaded glass they just can't handle the unleaded they just can't bend it it's 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 sticky to them it's like yeah um, to bend you have to get it much hotter and it's a harder thing to control once when it's much much hotter and so some places just let, like just closed and quit. And if yeah. I have never, really never used leaded glass in the UK. Like it's never been used, whether it was just maybe it wasn't in demand, but it's always been unleaded. Really? Then they're quite against mm. leaded glass as well. Yeah. Like they they don't like it. They won't use it. <laughs> they don't think it's very good. I don't know what... It's quite hard to get out of them why they dislike it so much when they've never tried it. (laughs) I mean, I could say being an advocate for not using that particular material because like the we're in the US, we were really fucking willy nilly with lead like we had lead in our gasoline up until like the mid 90s. There were tons of research like early 90s, I should say, but like tons of research on the harmful impacts of lead. And so. I think that people were just cool with lead being around, even though there was proof that it was harmful. So it, it feels like not that weird to us in the US because we're just generally turds about stuff. So, but I could see like how in the UK they could actually, you know, care about the citizens or care about their environment they live in or whatever. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> oh my God. They like took samples of roadside water and it was like the lead levels were astronomical well into the 90s and it's only been in the last decade or so that the lead content of our 
environments have finally been like acceptable levels. It's it's pretty intense. So if you care about that, there's plenty of research and studies on it. Um, but I wildly digress. So we can come back to neon. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting though that they don't like it. Um, but back to that opinion of well, I've decided, and even though I've never tried it, it's bad. Yeah, the neon because they've got such like fame rules like no blow hose no yeah. ribbon no ledger glass this is the way you learn you must learn the alphabet and we're not allowed to throw any there's no scrap glass in our bin like it must all be used like nothing will go to waste like you must use every piece even if like you don't want to it's broken and shattered <laughs> you will repair it you will repair that end even if you've got jagged edges and they're like no you will practice to join there's a hole in it repair it again <laughs> just sort it out I quite like it. it's like that make do and men it's kind of like this kind of like um I can't even like this kind of thrifty attitude yeah which I quite like I mean yeah yeah absolutely we do still have regular trips to the tip to dispose of our glass in the recycling of course yeah and <laughs> shattered pieces or things that you've managed to drop or yeah. it's just no salvaging no. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I don't think we were going to recycle it here. I'm pretty no, sure they can't. No. Yeah. You can't recycle it at all. No, no. especially it's like something to do with them being shattered and then it's, it has to be a certain quality. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of restrictions statewide for us too. Yeah, I still throw it in my recycling bin because fuck them, but they, yeah. they just throw it in the trash. <laughs> Yeah. like if you don't if you don't put it in the recycling bin you will get fined they go through your bins here <laughs> if you do not recycle they will find you that's what they do here too and so washington's a bit more progressive on the that sort of thing so it's the other way around though if you put it in your recycle and they charge you if they have to go put it in the dumpster so tragically we just start in the dumpster to re oh. to not be fined but if there's food in your in your garbage, you'll be fine. We you, it's uh, mandatory to compost here, so I like that. That's us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that. <laughs> <North Carolina. laughs> I'm in the south. We can do what we want. <laughs> so you're only allowed to work on alphabets right now, but. Do you have something you want to work on? Like, do you have a theme or is there, or is there something like piqued your interest? Cause I know you're interested in like the album cover and thing kind of really piquing your interest. Do you have neon goals or desires or projects? Again, like you don't have to share your secrets of what you're working on. Cause if you want to keep it close to your chest, I totally understand. <laughs> you know, what, what are you like yearning to make? What are you, what are you feeling? Tell us more. We do have a project, but you can't really talk about it at the moment but again it involves the alphabet yeah. it's we're upset <laughs> neon alphabet no, excellent do, do what, well, we love our ribbon like it's been such a i'm gonna say it, a learning curve <laughs> 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 no we love our ribbon and um there are there, we're lucky that we actually have a lot of neon artwork quite near us as well um and we have a lot of neon artwork in our museums and a lot of it is geometric shapes. It's not necessarily like a lot of text based. So we kind of have quite a good mix. Yeah. Interesting. So, it's inspiration all around. 
the city really so just, yeah just go for a drive and have a look yeah even where we live yeah there was a there's a big um neon like installation around the corner from our house on like which is quite mad actually like with some a quote from dylan thomas on it and it's done in this it's honestly it's so beautiful it's like done in 15 millimeter um white oh it just it's so good and it just illuminates and it's on the, the side of a cafe like behind a supermarket <laughs> and it just Aww. illuminates the whole street i we visit at least once a week <laughs> it's on a it's on a brick wall right yeah mm-hmm. i think i saw that on your instagram and is there like yeah a piece of plexiglass over top of that thing or no 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 that thing would get destroyed in two seconds here (laughs) i don't understand how some five-year-old child would go break it in two seconds (laughs) we none of us apart from one i'd say and we i would say probably about the 40 that here they're all um open not with any like covering or anything very we've seen a few in cage like you know if weirdly if you go indoors there's a few with cages kind of like yeah like kind of like a metal cage in like bars in bars and stuff but they generally just hang them on the wall stick a nail on it and it's fine yeah it's fine don't worry about it i mean inside it makes sense but for an outdoor sign to be like like someone would throw a rock at it immediately immediately (laughs) yeah you said you said five-year-old but I was like there's also a lot of adults who act like they're five years old and they're the ones that would just destroy it for the hell of it I think immediately about there's there was like a hitchhiking robot that had hitchhiked around the entire (laughs) world the entire world and it was in Philadelphia and someone murdered it (laughs) someone killed it in Philadelphia and that that is that is that is America in like a perfect like like we cannot, we cannot handle nice things. We cannot yeah, have, nice things. have nice things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Broken all the time. Can you tell? <laughs> Is it all covered then? Is it all like with plexiglass in front? Like, um, do you have kind of signs? I've done a restoration before where the sign originally was not covered. It was from the sixties. It was an outdoor blade sign. And um, they, they are like three blocks from a, from a middle school. And apparently the kids just kept throwing shit at the sign and breaking it. And so they covered it with, um, they covered it with plexiglass. And by the time I got to it, the plexiglass had been, had turned red, like brown, you know, how old plexiglass just doesn't, you know, discolors in the sun and it had a film on it. So like taking that off and replacing that with new plexiglass just made the whole thing look like a million bucks. But um, yeah, can't have nice things. actually exactly why every time I do a project I like give them a contract that says this is the price like I I like to give people the benefit of like if you're with me on the ground floor here's how this is the price for any broken pair of electrodes so if you know if the project's a thousand dollars and the there's four electro or five whatever stupid math if it's the the total's a thousand bucks I divide that by the number of electrodes and then I'm like I'll repair this in perpetuity for that price and it usually reminds them that like I'm serious like if this breaks you have to pay us to fix it because it's probably a mercury tube and I'm not going to repump that so finding good ways to interact with your clients like that helps a lot because there's so much misinformation out there first and foremost and then second people often feel like they know what's happening with the neon but they they often don't because of the misinformation so being able to guide them through the process as well as like 
make the future interactions easier too. I highly recommend thinking about that as you take on projects in the future too. But, yeah. yeah. But uh, in the UK, as we know, no one breaks anything. Everyone's respectful, Allison. So yeah, we don't, we don't break things. <laughs> great. That would be, I, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Come visit. Come visit. I, I, I want to. I know I'm like, okay, how can I make this a work trip now? Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I feel really lucky about this is why it's good being in a duo. Because like, when we were musicians, it happened all the time. You know, we're quite young as well when we were musicians. We were like 20 to about 25. The amount of like horrible toxic men you have to encounter is really shocking. So when there's two of us and there's a man, I can get, you know I mean, I just don't get that anymore, no. which is, it's so wrong. It's so Great. wrong yeah. that the only way that a man will listen is by being told by another man. <laughs> Yeah, I secretly sometimes if I have a particular person I don't want to interact with or like I need to say no to someone who's being aggressive via email, I'll have my husband write it like I'll, he has a radiant neon email and I'll say, babe, I need you to reply because it usually stops the toxicity. They're like, oh, I respect you, man. And I'm like, yeah. cool. Thanks for showing your true colors and being a complete asshole to a small business owner. Cool, cool, cool. I think that my name being DJ on most of my correspondence to people that don't know me personally really goes a long way. Mm, I could see that. And most, most of the dudes that I talk to think, I think if they don't, if they're not familiar with my Instagram, they, they think they're talking to a dude until I show up on site and they're like, Oh, we, who's this short woman person. Yeah. My favorite is when I, when I say, yeah, my, my tech, my studio tech and I will be there. And they're like, okay, yeah, let me know when he's available. And I'm like, just wait, just wait till us three ladies show up and you're like, ha ha, we're the experts here. Like, <laughs> murder. Murder. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it really. Anywho. Um, I have one nonsense question. I feel like we also didn't give you as much space to talk about any other things that are on your mind, like anything else you might want to share with both our listeners, ourselves. Um, so if you want to take a second and think about any other things we missed or like you want to elaborate on, let's do that. Because we actually, we work on the top of doing, we try and do about three hours of neon a day plus weekends. We work full time in between as well. So we get up at six, do neon before work, go to work, then go and do three hours of neon Woo. and then start again. And this is like one of the first nights we've had off in maybe about a year. <laughs> yeah treat ourselves we haven't had because we apart from when we went to we went to venice for a few days but apart from that i had a burn that was my uh i had to take a week off for a burn mm. a it does experience. happen though i didn't think it was ever going to happen to me i thought you never think you're going to get a burn until you do and then it is like oh it's the it's honestly the most painful thing i've ever done i picked up a piece i joined a piece together and picked it up and then across the whole hand to our A&E burn specialist. But we, I was out for a week. I managed to like wrap it up again and carry on bending, which is terrible. I know, but you just, it's too hard to stop. Once you stop, yeah. you can't yeah. stop. You just have to like fight through the pain. Too scared yeah. you're going to forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally would much rather have a cut than a burn. Cause when I'm, oh, yeah. I, at least my body heals the cuts faster than the burns. And I hate having to put a new burn next to the, like go back in the fire. Cause it's just like so hot immediately. But I did, I did just slice up in my palm. It's small now, but um, 
yeah. So I'm like trying not to use that excuse because it's a cut and I'm fine with it. But burns are I hate the burns. That's just mm-hmm. me though. Yeah, they yeah. had I had a yeah, a week off, but I managed to like plast it sounds terrible, but I plastered it and then went back into the fire immediately because I didn't want to get like scared of it. That's kind but of brilliant. Well, yeah, it was pretty, but I see a burn specialist. <laughs> yeah. This oh, seems yeah. like a nonsense question time. <laughs> okay. So I have a nonsensical question for the group. So if you could be an immediate expert at anything other than neon, what would it be and potentially why? So I'll give you a second to think about it. And like nonsensical, serious, anything. I know what I know straight away. Yeah, you have loads of ideas. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I'd want to be able like a cat behavioral therapist or something, so I could like talk to my cat. Yeah. Okay. So like, and it'd just be so handy. I could like talk to all the cats I meet in the street and stuff, and I'd know what they were saying. Well, not like. You know, like a, a cat body language expert or something. That's what I think I would cat do. Cat whisperer. Cat whisperer. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Doolittle. That's okay. <laughs> so random. I love. No, it. I love it. It's great. No. No, it's good. I don't think I want to know what my cat is think. Like I don't want to know. Like she's. <laughs> but I want to know what Lucy's thinking. Really <laughs> she's she. I bet she's like bonkers in there. She's like a, I'm thinking about everything. That's why I'm really unavailable right now because my mind is full. That's what I feel like your cat is saying. I mean, it's hard to think of things not related to neon. It's, <laughs> it's true. Sometimes there's, there's always an expert on anything. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know yours, DJ? Yeah, it would be mushrooms. Yeah. You I want to know, mushroom. you I wanna know everything about mushrooms like that I physically can know. I think they're fascinating and they're delicious. And I like finding free food in the forest and I'd like to not kill myself with them. So don't die. Happy snagging. Don't die. Hashtag yeah, black forager. Yeah. So, and th- that's all. Yeah. I've, I've been obsessed with the black forager on Instagram. I love her so much. Her many, don't follow her. Now. She's the fucking shit. And she just got a James Beard award. Um, yeah, I know. It's great. So yeah, mushroom. I'd like to be able to figure, like, know exactly which one is what all the time. Would be awesome. I'm too scared to go foraging mushrooms, but I do love them. Yeah, well, I was too scared too, and then I started my own little like logs out back, and now like I still get the like thrill of going to pick them off the log, but I know exactly what the fuck they are because I bought them on Etsy. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. Weirdly, we're taught um, when we were in like our. We used to do something. I don't know if you've got the same, maybe like scouts, like adventure scouts in America. We have Girl um, Scouts and Boy Scouts and uh, there's, there's fire camp girls too. They're quite gendered here. Oh, so we kind of have this thing called like adventure scouts, which is like any everyone. And you actually learn how to forage and you get little badges to say like you're like forage level one, forage level two, <laughs> cool. to, you know, so that you don't kind of kill yourself when you're eating these really bad mushrooms. But that yeah. was good. That's good. That's good. Important Probably, information. Yeah. <laughs> mine might be more practical for this moment in time. Recently got given a new drum kit. I, I play the drums. That was my 
job in the band previously. Um, but it's, you know, I've been playing for about 20 years, so I should know how to set them up myself. But this one is so complicated, I have no idea how to put it together. So I need to become an expert in that at the moment. Mm. I can actually see if it works. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing mind how complicated they've made it. It is a cool set of drums, though. It's from, the, do you know the band The Cure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their drummer's old drum kit. One of their old drummers. Oh, shit. Okay, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, it's something I really should get on with, trying to get it working. <laughs> I have mine. Shall I share oh, mine? What about you, Allison? Okay, I think if I could be an immediate expert at anything, I would want to have like a kick-ass lung capacity so I could like hold my breath underwater for like four minutes. That's what I want. Yeah. What, um, what would you do underwater? Why would you just dive well, and just hang out? Mostly because I'm terrified of drowning. So it would like let me feel calmer in an emergency if I had to like find my way out of a trapped space. Fair. And I follow this really incredible like underwater dancer and she can hold her breath with empty lungs for four full minutes. So it, it blows my mind. She's super cool and an incredible dancer. So I don't necessarily want to be like a water dancer, but I do like the water and it would be lovely to be like a better swimmer and be able to breathe underwater as well as I really love musicals and grew up performing. So I used to have an adequate lung capacity and I promptly lost it since I'm not a singer anymore. So I feel like it's multi-pronged for me is like improve singing, potentially picking up instruments again, as well as water. So there you go. There's my multi-pronged nonsense answer. Can I ask what your band name was? We had two um, that we were in. One was called Beach Fatigue because we live by the beach. And That's we just a good name. I like that. And the other one, our teenage band was Heavy Petted Zoo. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. So good. So good. So good. I love it so much. That's awesome. Yeah, that was good. We used to have a dancer as well. Mm. And it just kind of like tied in with the whole image of being a heavy pet in zoo with a dancer. Are you familiar with um, Emma Kate in the in Australia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was she's in a metal band, right? Yeah, she's in her partner. I think that her partner and she may be the band now. It's called Shiver is his. Um, I always get the name wrong because it's like a subgenre of EDM and like screamo metal things. So I don't want to botch that too much more, but yeah, they're really cool. They came to Seattle and we actually got to go to one of their shows. It was super fun. It was good stuff. Maybe there's something to music, musicality and talent and music and translating into glasswork. Who knows? Yeah, Hand-eye coordination. Oh, okay. certainly for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, balance. You know, when you, play point. Mm. you kind of, because a lot of neon is feel and a lot of balance. And I think a lot of music is feel and balance. So you kind of have to, I suppose it's kind of like a transferable skill. Yeah. Yeah. And rhythm, you got to move back and forth steadily. Dexterity in your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Can I stalk you on Spotify later? Yeah, you can. Yeah, beach fatigue. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Still there. Come on. <laughs>
cool. we'll send you a record because I've got my t-shirt from the neon um makers guild as well that's turned up yeah please oh, can good. I please have one as well yeah both of you <laughs> thank you please yeah if I you have a record player so yes ditto ditto so master, send me your address and we'll uh, we'll pop a record in the post we want to thank you very much it's been lovely hanging out with you we obviously want to just be friends because you're cool and we like you so <laughs> thank you for initiating with us a new friendship hopefully girl gang girl, okay. girl gang plus bill don't worry you're part of it <laughs> you can be you can be with us cool absolutely thank you so thank much for you. being on the podcast we super appreciate you and our um can't wait to see what happens in your neon journey after the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to you for sticking with it and learning and all of that. It's, it's, you know, it's a challenge. So we're very, we're also very proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you for having us. It was so much fun. It has been good. And we've learned a lot as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We'll get up nice and early to do our neon tomorrow. I've got to get up at six. Go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. <laughs> well, good night to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for sticking with us through our conversation with Bill and Amy at Neon Valentine. I think we can safely say we turned our stalkery crushes into a full-fledged friendship and uh that's really exciting so thanks for coming along with that us on that ride you could say our friendship has blossomed but um we have some more exciting news that we will actually be in detroit at the gas conference this year Woo-hoo! we'll have a booth set up to be talking about joining the guild and other things that the guild can provide and I believe we'll be doing at least one demo so come mm-hmm. see us if you can if not we'll definitely be doing an episode about it so don't despair we'll find out more when we find out more so. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! we love you thank you so much for listening happy valentine's day happy valentine's day everyone treat yourself Treat yourself. Buy yourself some ruby glass, you know. Oh, that's a big treat. That's mm. a big treat. Black light. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> buy some black light to me. Okay, bye everyone. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Mwah. Cupid arrows coming at you through your headphones. Boo, 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 boo. It's an open smile. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is exactly what Roxy suggested too. She wants to start a girl gang. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And don't worry, don't worry, Bill. Bill, you can be. Uh, have you seen the new Ghostbusters? You can be our our sexy uh, secretary. Yeah, sexy secretary. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>